This is the Concealed Carry Podcast, Season 6, Episode 9. And welcome to the Concealed Carry Podcast, part of the ConcealedCarry.com network, brought to you by Mountain Man Medical. Today is Thursday, May 12th, 2022, as of the recording of this episode, and I am your humble host, Riley Bowman, joined today by our amazing producer of the podcast, Matthew Marister. <laughs> I, I don't know who that is, but I know who I am. Uh, but yeah, glad to be back and after taking a week off and we're back at it. Yeah. Yep. Took a week off. Um, <clears throat> speaking of which, I'm, as I was doing the uh, intro there, as I was saying, this is the Concealed Carry Podcast. I actually had a hard time getting some of those words out uh, super clearly because uh, I felt this little twinge in my throat <laughs> pop up all of a sudden. I am getting over a uh, uh, not so fun bout with uh, influenza A. Went through our whole family here and uh, it was not, not fun. Uh, I was just pretty sick last week. Uh, mostly super, super fatigued. Uh, I just not, did not have it in me to get out in front of you fo- fine folks and do the podcast. And I just don't think Jacob and Matthew were able to, on their end alone, get everything pulled together for the show. Uh, at the very least, I think they were kind of... Initially, it was sort of a day-by-day thing. Like, Wednesday, I was like, guys, I can't do it today. Okay, let's try tomorrow. And then the next day was worse. You know, and anyway, so it just didn't happen. So I apologize we missed you last week on the podcast uh, Matthew, unfortunately, is a little bit under the weather today, but he is being a trooper and is uh, still doing the show with me. So appreciate it, brother. Yeah, but you, you carry the show. I just chime in every now and again. So, you know, I'm not <laughs> as important. Uh, you, well, you do the behind the scenes stuff and you <laughs> provide added uh, important perspective to, uh, especially with an episode like this one. Today is Justified Saves. So we got a bunch of great. Uh, DGU type stories. It's what we call them as justified save stories. And uh, if you're not familiar with DGU, I guess I should define that too. That's defensive gun use. Uh, we've got a bunch of them today here that we will discuss, break down, share with you our analysis, what lessons can we learn from them. And Matthew always has fine things to say <laughs> about these stories. So don't you sell yourself short there, buddy. <laughs> uh, today's episode sponsored, brought to you by CCW Safe. Uh, CCW Safe is our preferred choice for concealed carry self-defense type. It's not an insurance product per se, but it works kind of like that. This is, and the reason why I might refer to it as insurance is because it's that fallback plan that you can rely on to cover you for legal related expenses associated with defending yourself in some kind of use of force case. Uh, TCW safe, valid for any, any, okay, like any weapon used. Doesn't have to be a gun. Doesn't have to be concealed carry related. Doesn't have to be anything like that. Uh, any legal weapon. Uh, it protects you from, you know, using your weapon in the case of a home invasion, an armed robbery, a carjacking, et cetera, et cetera, where you got to use force to defend you, your family, your loved ones, the people you care about, and their lives provided that you've done your part that you've researched the laws that you're using that you're within the law with your use of force then you'll have a strong case and CCW Safe will be there with their legal team their expertise to back you up 
Uh, you can even use choose your own attorney. They will consult with you on that if need be. Provide uh, input on uh, attorney that, an attorney that you select, or they will recommend one for you. But not only that, they have a legal team of their own that will be there to back you up and provide additional resources, oftentimes behind the scenes. So I encourage people to always go research the Stephen Maddox case. We interviewed Stephen on the podcast as well. And listen to even it's like the little things that I think really make companies like CCW Safe stand out, Matthew, where they spent time one on one. CCW Safe did with Stephen Maddox behind the scenes, prepping him, working with him, providing him additional support above and beyond his actual hired legal team. And every cost associated with that trial was covered by CCW Safe. Would have cost him, he, he already had his life impacted, had his job impacted, his income impacted, okay, to, to, to a large extent. Many of those things were fortunate to get resolved as well with CCW Safe's help. But without them covering the legal side of things, he would have been absolutely and utterly ruined. I'm thankful that I'm covered by CCW Safe. Check them out, ccwsafe.com. Use the coupon code or discount code. Coupon doesn't really sound right. But you're going to save 10% by using the discount code CC Podcast for podcast listeners. And for Guardian Nation members of ours, you'll save 20% by using your code that's available in the members area when you log into the website. We thank CCW Safe for sponsoring the podcast. Also, today's episode is sponsored by the 2022 Guardian Conference in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, September 16th through the 18th. You know, you've probably heard us talk about it a fair number of times here on the podcast. Uh, we are selling tickets, and we need to sell tickets now. Ticket sales are going great, by the way, but uh, you know, without without people being there, <laughs> uh, you know, it's kind of hard to put on a. Uh, a world-class three-day training event. That's that's kind of the point is having people there to train. So uh, we are we're marching forward and selling tickets and seats in that event. Um, we'd love to love to hit our, our goals for that. We'd love to see a, you know, I'll tell you straight up. We had about eighty some odd people there last year. Uh, we'd love to hit at least one hundred twenty this next year. That's kind of what we're shooting for. Just to give you an idea, it's going to be bigger, better than ever. We'll have three days of world-class training with some amazing folks. I did want to mention one of our sponsors of the conference, uh, same as last year, and they're back this year as a sponsor, is EDC Belt Company, makers of the foundation belt. They made a uh, kind of a limited edition uh, belt color. It was actually like red, white, and blue, like the American flag. It was pretty cool. Uh, They made that uh, special for conference attendees last year and had them available for sale there at a great price. They also sold a bunch of belts at, at a little bit of a discount too throughout the whole weekend ec belt company's foundation belts my belt of choice for concealed carry it is i, I think it's the finest belt for the purpose uh, on the planet so uh, we appreciate ec belt company sponsoring uh the the guardian conference 2022 and also hey you'll know i'm wearing the 2021 guardian conference uh t-shirt here so there'll be another cool uh, uh unique design special event t-shirt that we'll give every conference attendee this year. So you'll want to be there. Plus a, plus a bag of swag and a bunch of other great things and opportunities to win prizes throughout the whole weekend. We hope to see you there. And we hope to see you getting some awesome training. Go to guardianconference.com to sign up today. And also, if you want to learn more about EDC Belt Company, go to edcbeltco.com, edcbeltco.com. 
Well, guys, uh, let's talk about our Justified Safe stories. Uh, Matthew, I'm going to hand it off to you for our first one here. Uh, Our lead story comes to us out of the New Orleans area of Louisiana. Uh, It says here, this is the title or the headline, would-be carjacker shot by intended victim in Bywater, New Orleans, police say. And uh, the byline, 17-year-old hospitalized with a neck wound. So tell us, how did this go down there? Yeah, so this happened, uh, uh, the date was uh, April 15th, so uh, not too long ago. But um, so around 7 in the evening, 7 p.m., in the 500 block of Louisa Street, not sure where that is. If you're, if you live in New Orleans, you might know, um, apparently not a very good neighborhood. Um, there's been plenty of carjackings as this uh, news report says uh, in that area. But anyways, around seven, uh, seven Oh eight PM, uh, a person gets out of their vehicle, uh, another vehicle driven by two, uh, driven by a, a suspect and a passenger in the vehicle backs up down the road um, and kind of makes contact with this guy who just exited his vehicle. Passenger gets out, uh, points a gun at the dude, demands his keys. Um, you know, we cover plenty of these uh, carjacking type stories, so nothing kind of new uh here, except what the the victim does is he throws his keys. It says he he, he tossed his keys, um, and kind of used that as a as an opportunity to um, get distance and get behind some cover. Um, as uh, he did that, he also drew out his firearm that he had on him, um, and apparently from this report as the uh, one of the suspects got the keys and was at this uh, the victim's vehicle attempting i guess to get in and, and take the car um he, the the victim said he saw the suspect point a gun at him he fires one shot um and takes off and runs to his house um and both of the suspects jump in the vehicle they take off they actually pick up another the story says they pick up another person not sure exactly where this person was was he a lookout we're not sure but there were three people in the vehicle uh head up to the to the um uh hospital uh dude has they're both two of the kids are 17 year olds uh they admit to you know committing the the armed uh carjacking and uh yeah, like like Riley, you said, uh, had a gunshot wound to the neck. Looks like he's going to survive. Um, and yeah, so I'll hand it back over to you, and you can kind of analyze uh, analyze what he did, and good things and bad things, and all that. Yeah, you know, this is a great story um, because I think this this man did a lot of things right. But I do want to start by talking about how, with respect to times that you know people are ambushed okay mm-hmm. in various in various forms of attacks or robberies uh carjackings okay uh this type of thing is you know this type of situation plays out typically because of either an armed robbery you know hey give me your stuff or they want to take your car or both right um parking and exiting your vehicle is a prime time for a criminal to ambush you so it's always one of those things we got to be, you know, be watchful of and for, um, you know, I, I try to make a habit that, you know, obviously before I pull into a place, a park, 
my driveway or whatever, anything like that. I'm even your, even your garage. Cause I mean, certainly, cause you might think, well, I pull in my garage and everything's fine. Well, I've seen attacks where, you know, they, they managed to hide in a bush or hide around a corner and without you noticing, you know, right before you get the the garage door closed, they sneak in and that kind of thing, you know, so stuff, stuff happens. Um, but it's a prime opportunity for an ambush because, uh, you don't have as, clear of sight lines when you're inside a vehicle you've got some obstructions you got you know uh, headrests of seats you got pillars and different you know blind spots of your vehicle so on and so forth so the first thing is always you know try to be uh, alert and attentive and uh, observant as you are uh, parking or coming into a particular area where you're going to park try to look out for things Um, and then i don't try to make it a habit of you know, immediately shutting off the car and jump out, like, you know, stop, pause, check your mirrors, check around you, you know, see if anybody's emerged suddenly that you missed somehow, Be, you know, is there waiting for that, that moment that you may, maybe you're distracted as you exit the vehicle. Um, and so, yeah, uh, check, check, you know, all around you and check your mirrors, uh, shut off the vehicle at that point. Cause at that point I'm still leaving the vehicle running. Right. Because if, Hey, if I can simply throw it back and drive and take off, you know, when somebody comes out apparent, you know, to, uh, like, or where it's apparent that they're trying to ambush me, well, let, let's just get out of there. Right. Um, so anyway, when I'm satisfied, everything's good. Shut out the vehicle, check the mirrors one more time, unlock the door, get out, so on and so forth. Right. So I just wanted to kind of hit on that. That's a, that's a good procedural sort of thing that you all want to consider for yourselves and, and kind of how you go about navigating your life your own way with your vehicle. Um, you know, it's interesting. He, uh, they pointed a gun at him. You know, they did, they did manage to ambush him. Um, this did occur at night, if I recall. Where was that at? 7 7, yeah. 7 8 p.m. was when the call came into police anyway. Um, so it's kind of, you know, in the evening hours, uh, probably still a little bit, you know, twilight ish daylight. I don't know what, what it's like at 7 PM, but in uh, New Orleans right now, cause this was just a week or two ago. Um, but they demanded his uh, keys and I liked that he flung his keys at them. And as he did, so he then took cover, uh, under a nearby car and pulled out his pistol. Like, that's that's a that's a pretty you know clever thing to do, right? Okay, whew, here's my keys, and while they're momentarily focused on keys incoming, let's catch keys, grab keys, whatever. You're taking steps to get off the X, get out of there, and get to a place of cover, or get inside, or get to wherever you can get to that offers you some measure of security and safety, and draw out your own pistol, which is what this man did, which is great. And it said that he saw the teen by his vehicle at this point, point still pointing a gun at him. So this is still a lethal threat, right? And so at that point, he fires the gunshot. I, I think, I mean, could he maybe have noticed that he was about to be ambushed a little bit sooner? Maybe, you know, so that's why I talked about that, you know, um, but sometimes we're not going to see everything. Sometimes we're still going to make mistakes, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but in this case, I think this guy played this out really, really well. I think he showed reluctance in using force. I think he waited, you know, until, I mean, he was, he had cover 
and there was still a lethal threat presented in his direction in the form of a gun. And then he opened fire and he did hit his target. It says he fired one shot. That one shot struck his target. That individual um, was hospitalized, you know, seriously injured. And uh, yeah, and I think everybody ended up getting arrested. So um, bravo, bravo, bravo. All the way around. The one thing that's interesting at the bottom of this article is it says how uh, in this area, it references the 500 through 900 blocks of Louisa Street. Uh, this is like one of the busiest parts of town for uh, for attempted carjackings. Specifically, it says vehicles stolen at gunpoint. So, yeah. Um, probably don't want to be there or live there anymore if you can help it. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, I think this this guy probably was somewhat aware of that. He's carrying a gun, and uh, he was able and prepared to use it. Good on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those things. And Connor uh, made a couple comments while you were talking about him and his wife have been talking about these transitional spaces and yep. and how to navigate and gas stations and ATMs and parking lots and things. And that's exactly right. Like this is where your attention is diver- divided and, and you're not really paying attention to, to who's around you. And, uh, and people know that, and you know, you're, you're grabbing grocery bags or getting your kid out or putting them in and, and all that. And, and, and people know that. So, um, you know, I, 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 was carjacked as a, a, you know, as a youngster. And, uh, it, you know, it's something that like, I, I, I've always, it, it impacted me and it impacts the way I, I look at being in a vehicle and, and, and all that to this day. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, these lessons are universal, even though that, you know, that everything, every, every instances are going to be unique. Right. But like mm-hmm. we can do some things that we can, um, that can give us a better heads up and, and maybe, you know, uh, avoid uh, being in a position of real disadvantage. Yeah. Yep. Good thoughts, man. Let's go now to our next story is from uh, K A R E 11.com. This is from the Minneapolis, Minnesota area, uh, Southern Minneapolis specifically. And it says, video shows backyard shooting of intruder ruled self-defense. I'm actually going to go ahead and share this one for those of you that are participating with or able to participate with us via video. Um, because this video is pretty telling. Go ahead and start rolling it here. Um, it's got an ad, so I, I should have started rolling already, but I'll t- chat uh, about it really quick. Um, basically, we have a mother. She's 53 years old, and her son, I can't remember what his age is, but he's an adult son. Oh, hey, I can now 26. 26 years old. That led prosecutors to say the shooting was valid self-defense. Who joins us? Is that audio coming that through? Story. Yes. Will and Randy, this Excellent. happened in February on a cold six-degree night in South Minneapolis in a neighborhood that's seen an increase in armed robberies. And the whole thing was caught on tape. Now, we warn you, some may find the content disturbing. So they have some nice exterior After video. the locked gate, See. surveillance video outside the South Minneapolis home shows Martin Lee Johnson hopping the fence. That's intent turns on to do Johnson something. Approaches the home. Obviously, According police reports the homeowner, a 53 year old woman, heard Johnson wiggle the door handle and his steps on the deck. 
So she told her 26-year-old son, who lives with her, and grabbed her handgun as Johnson entered the family's detached garage. The homeowner opened the sliding door and fired warning shots in the air. On the surveillance video, you can hear the homeowner's son's voice as he joins her in yelling at the intruder. But instead of hopping back over the fence, Johnson walks toward them. And after two more warning shots, the fatal shot is fired by the son, who is standing next to his mother inside the open door, also holding a gun. My clients were acting completely in self-defense. Joe Tambourine. All right, I'm, I'm going to stop it there because um, uh, we don't need to hear everything from their attorney. He obviously is going to say, you know, they're innocent <laughs> and so on and so forth. I hope so. That's his job. Um, but one thing that is kind of cool is this is a local attorney and he is representing them pro bono. And uh, it's been ruled self-defense, so they have actually. So it doesn't appear they're being charged with anything. But he stepped in as an attorney proactively, which is always a good thing, right? Uh, as soon as you're involved in some kind of incident like this, you want to be on the phone with, in my case, CCW Safe. Yo, CCW Safe, <laughs> need help? It was just in an incident. Call their emergency line. I'm going to get help right away, and I uh, get connected with their uh, uh, their uh, you know the response team that, that they have specifically for that purpose. Um, but all right, that's, I mean, you, we saw the new story, you, you got the details, so I don't, I don't need to rehash it, but what we saw there were, was numerous warning shots fired and I'm not going to explain where I got the information. Um, and, I, and I'm not into, you know, like putting people's, you know, private info out there and stuff, uh, you know, playing that whole, uh, uh, um, Oh, what's it called? Doxing. Yeah, doxing game. There we go. Just throw drawing a blank here. Um, but I was able to dig up the exact location where this occurred because I was curious. I'm like, we're firing warning shots. Some of them appear to be kind of up in the air, and some appear to be kind of more in the general direction of that individual that was shot, um, but maybe not exactly at him. And so I was like, well, where are those rounds going? And apparently there weren't any charges, you know, for like reckless endangerment or, you know, anything that might be dinging them as far as on the less than prudent use of that gun or guns. Because there were two in this case, both the mom and the son each had one. Um, I'll say this is in Southern, South Mrs. or South Minneapolis and where they live there is no safe directions. All right. So I just thought I'd throw that out there. All right. That's just something to think about and consider. Um, there, there is no way you're launching those rounds as warning shots, especially anywhere other than the ground that, uh, that would be considered safe to do so. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit appalled at the, their lack of understanding of, of the danger of those warning shots to others. And also a little bit appalled that there doesn't seem to be a little, you know, like, I, I know some somebody out there is going to be like, well, Riley, like, these are good people, and they're just trying to defend themselves, and, you know, no harm, no foul, so all is well. Like, why you got to come down hard on them? Why do you got to hope that they get hit with something? Well, you know, there, there's, there's consequences for actions, and sometimes consequences are necessary for other people to, to take notice and be like, oh, like, maybe I shouldn't do that thing. Um, warning shots are not a good idea. We've talked about it before. We've talked about it so many times. Don't need to rehash it out in great detail now. It's very obvious, especially 
Like even sending a warning shot into the ground has the potential for danger, has potential for danger for you. You might catch frag from that, right? And injure yourself or you might still injure the other party. Okay. From that, um, you know, and if you're in this like weird area where you're like, oh, I'm not sure I'm justified to shoot them, but I'm going to shoot the ground as a warning shot and it fragments and injures them. Well, you basically just still shot them, you know, so there's that problem. Um, and launching rounds into the air, well, what goes up comes down. That's not a good idea. So um, I, I, I am really, I, I'm thankful that these folks survived this encounter. We don't know what this guy was intent on doing, but he obviously jumped their fence. He attempted to come into their home. He went into their garage. He came back out. And after being shot at and yelled at and told to not come any closer, he started coming towards them. So I am not questioning the fact that this was self-defense. I think tactically there's some other things that could be touched on, such as they could have remained in a secured locked home um, and placed a 911 call. Um, but uh, you know what? They're also legally allowed to do what they did as far as open the door and say, Hey, get out of here. And that individual made the choice to come at them uh, even while they were armed and made it in, you know, made their intentions clear that they were willing to fire shots. So uh, this is a pretty interesting story and it's good because we get some really good video evidence from it, which means that we're not just relying on something that we're reading in an article. We can see and judge, judge it for ourselves um, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from this one. Yeah, I, I'll only add, uh, you know, I'm not going to rehash what you said because it's all spot on and we've covered it, you know, so many times. Um, I, I, in general, I think this is one of those stories that like just because they weren't charged and just because the outcome was favorable. Right. Isn't a story that you want to emulate. You know what I mean? Like. So yeah. this is one of those things where people are like, well, I know this one guy and he, sh he cranked off 15, you know, warning shots in downtown or, you know, uh, suburban Minneapolis and uh, nobody, nobody got harmed, you know, and, and, uh, and, you know, he, he, he opened his door and yelled and, and shot a guy from his door out in his backyard and he wasn't charged. And so, but let's put, let, let's, let's not use this as the prototype of how, Tactically, we should respond to a situation like this because, you know, God forbid one of the imagine being the person who's who said, well, I was legally justified in shooting this guy who was in my backyard. Um, and, you know, it, it, and we don't know what he would have done and we don't. But like, imagine you're the person who cranked off five warning shots before that and you also injured or killed or harmed somebody, you know, who is completely innocent, right? Like, um, which has happened. Children yeah, have been killed for, it, from actions like that. Right. And it's like, mm -hmm. so, so then like, maybe, you know, maybe you're not charged for that. Maybe, you know, maybe, but, but conscience, your conscience, right? Like knowing like, well, maybe I could, that, that door lock seemed to work. He wasn't, he jiggled the door lock. He wasn't able to open the door. It seemed to work. Did I have to, escalate this. And, and I'm not saying that they did, I'm not saying they escalated this and they didn't have the right, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying like, you're going to go through all these 
emotions and thoughts and things. And, and I'm just saying, let's not use this case as let's learn from this um, and, and sort of not a what not to do, but kind of we could do better. Right. Like, and so I don't know, that's kind of where I'm coming from with this, um, this story. 100%. 100%. That's exactly my thought is it's like, well, you know, the end result of this, well, I mean, I don't know if it's, it's it, it always feels kind of strange to say, you know, it was a positive result, you know, when somebody got shot and killed here, uh, which this uh, attempted intruder did. But, uh, you know, I mean, they, they did what they felt they needed to. And I think as far as the actual shot that was fired at and struck, um, the, uh, the individual here was probably, you know, pretty solid in the self-defense realm. Um, if somebody else got hurt in the course of their actions here, that it would have completely negated, you know, nullified, um, any other positive result from, from this incident. Uh, I, I know Pete, it sounds like I'm defending the criminal. I, I, I can't help it if that's how you, you take it. I, that's certainly not what I'm saying at all. Um, I, I also am defending the, the potential of a child being shot like a neighbor shooting, you know, warning shots in, in a round going through a window and killing an innocent kid who's sitting there minding their own business. I'm so, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not defending a bad guy. I'm not, I'm not saying these people are bad guys or good guys or anything. I'm just trying to point out some things that we can learn for, um, from, from this story and, and maybe not, not, yeah. you know, replicate it. Yeah. We are not defending criminal actors or criminal actions in this whatsoever. We are not condoning, uh, unsafe practices and poor tactics in the form of sending off who knows where warning shots. Okay. Mr. Fix-It on YouTube says, but why do we live in a society where we defend the bad guys? He was there to cause problems. Shouldn't that be all that matters as far as he's concerned? Fair questions. But I'm not trying to defend bad guys here. I'm trying to defend the law. You know, I mean, we have laws here, and I know that we don't always agree with every law. But I do feel like in most jurisdictions, in most states, in most, uh, most statutes with respect to self-defense law, is pretty reasonable and is a very reasonable approach. And so I, I think the law here is worth defending. And I think that by firing warning shots, uh, we are in we had, there's a potential for endangering other people's lives and that is not okay. Okay. This is not a criminal issue. This is just a, not a good idea to do. Anyway, and I see that you, you clarified, you don't believe in warning shots either. Well, that's all we're trying to say here, Mr. Fix it. All we're trying to say here. Okay. Um, and maybe you're referring to some of my, my words, like let's not, you know, I, it's weird to say it's a positive outcome that bad guy gets shot and dies. <laughs> um, <laughs> man, I, I don't want anybody to have to die. I don't. That's part of, I think of being a decent human being, but I also had, don't have a problem with bad people dying that essentially choose that course of action. Mm-hmm. That's that's on them, not on me. Okay. Yeah. Um, and he says, I know y'all aren't defending him, but most laws and prosecutors do. Well, everybody is entitled to uh, defense. 
that's that's a right guaranteed in the constitution so anyway all right let's go on to the next one here matthew tell us about this story out of uh comonews.com this is a tacoma washington area gig harbor man who shot man outside safeway says he thought he was taking down shoplifter yeah this one okay so this is a what not to do guys like and gals right um so what happens here um is this guy goes into a safeway uh like a grocery store um he guy's name's patrick he's a 70 year old guy um he's in there apparently he's told that somebody might be shoplifting um he takes it into his own hands to stop a husband and wife who he believes are the shoplifters uh, he blocks them with his cart from leaving the store um, and tells them to show the clerk a receipt he does not let me let me be clear he doesn't work at the store he's not a security guard he's not a police officer he's just a, average Joe guy. Um, and as you might suspect, uh, the guy who he's accusing of being a shoplifter and, and, and demanding him uh, show the receipt, uh, they end up getting into a physical altercation. Um, at that time, um, Patrick, the, the, uh, I don't know, detain you, the, the, the guy who's trying to detain these supposed shoplifters, um, is it, it, they're in they're in a fight he believes that he's being punched to death uh i think that's the words the wording they use in this um in the story he, that quoted, this, he quoted beating him to death beating him to death um and so he shoots shoots the guy um and turns out as you know the the title kind of gave it away um these are not the shoplifters um and so he is arrested um, and when I first read this, I, I was kind of, they gave him a high, ba- they gave him a high bail amount, um, the, the judge. And I was like, well, this is 70 year old guy. He made a mistake. Like, yes, it's wrong. And he did, you know, uh, and by the way, the guy died, the, the man he, who he shot died. Um, you know, it seems kind of the judge is saying for, for, public safety that he's giving this guy a high bail amount. And I'm like, ah, so I kept reading. Turns out that this isn't the first time that this guy, um, Patrick, did something like this. So it says, um, court documents state that he was on the clock working for Pizza Hut when he confronted, then shot and injured a man he thought was trying to break into cars. So um, Patrick has some issues uh, dealing with you know, his, his role in stopping crime and, and, um, and which led him into this, this, uh, getting involved in this scenario that clearly wasn't his fight and turned out to, he killed somebody who wasn't even, didn't, you know, didn't deserve to be killed and wasn't, uh, wasn't, uh, actually the person who was shoplifting. Um, and, and, you know, this is one of those things where, right. Like you could say, well, Maybe he was beating him to death. Didn't he have the right to defend himself at that time? And, that, you know, I think if we're, that's going to be what he's going to claim, right? Like, yeah, I made a mistaken identity on this, but, um, but at the point where I shot him, I was in fear of my life. And and that's not for us to debate. I guess, you know, here we don't know all the facts, but uh, what a, what a tragic story nonetheless in, in all ways. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, first of all, to be clear, again, the man who was shot and killed was a complete innocent party. All right. He was stopped. He was accosted. He was accused of something that he had nothing to do with whatsoever. Um, it stated that the uh, the individual here that, that shot him, um, Patrick Lathrop, uh, had you know, gotten a nod or a look or something. He was somehow tipped off by a cashier that there was a shoplifting had taken place. Why they did that? I don't know. Cause it doesn't mention that he was working at this Safeway in a security role or anything like that. Um, uh, just said that he's a frequent shopper of that particular Safeway. He probably lives near it. Right. And, uh, that, but he was tipped off somehow to this shoplifter, but, does not interpret the information correctly and misidentifies who that shoplifter is. Okay. Um, Patrick Lathrop had zero business getting involved with this incident. Now we could say, well, he's trying to do the right thing in stopping a shoplifter. And I guess he's able to do so technically under the law, provided he understands what he's doing but he doesn't even understand what the situation is he didn't witness it himself as far as we know he was not directly involved in this shoplifting he simply was a third party that picked up you know clued in on hey that cashier is indicating that somebody took something and he stopped the wrong individual that individual imagine how you would respond what the heck dude why are you preventing me from leaving the store. That's essentially a detainment might be even considered a kidnapping. Okay. Uh, in certain jurisdictions, depending on how your statutes are written. Okay. Because you are unlawfully by an individual being detained, preventing prevented from, from being able to leave. Okay. And so that individual's like, um, no way, no how. So basically the way I think this reads, Matthew, is that Mr. Lathrop here uh, committed a crime unknowingly, okay, but he did in fact commit a crime uh, by unlawfully detaining an individual. And that individual had the right to try to escape mm-hmm. an unlawful detainment. And so they used by the sound of it, some physical force to try to escape along with their family. Um, and in the course of that, this man drew and fired a gun, a gun and uh, unfortunately killed this innocent party. Mm-hmm. This is a messed up story. And as you mentioned, as you pointed out, and I picked up on that too, and I was like, well, that's interesting. It certainly paints a picture that this was not the first time this gentleman had been involved in somebody else's business. Okay. And again, the other incident, he was, I guess, employed by the Pizza Hut in some kind of security role, as far as it said in the article here. Um, But the incident there was not even related to the Pizza Hut necessarily. It was that he noted or noticed someone in the parking lot apparently breaking into vehicles. Yeah. And went out and 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 somehow in that in the course of that shot a man. So there's a pattern there that has emerged, and uh, I think this gentleman is is in some serious hot water and should be in hot water, uh, although innocent until proven guilty. But 
I think that he's probably going to see some time uh, inside uh, a jail somewhere. So uh, this is why we've talked so many times before on the podcast about being careful getting involved in other people's business. Because you don't, if you're not a direct first party involved in that, it's much more difficult for you to have the full picture and the full context of what's taking place. And you might misinterpret what's happening. And pattern or not with this gentleman, it could have just been any dude that decided he was going to try to be a hero for the day, but misinterpreted the situation and got, in, and got into a very similar situation. And all of a sudden, your life is com- is now completely derailed because you you missed you made you you misstepped somewhere you mistook somebody you misunderstood a situation and now you're the one going to jail. So be super super careful getting involved in other people's problems. Mm-hmm. This was not worth some you know. M- mediocre amount in terms of dollar, you know, value of stuff being stole from a, from a store. So. Yeah. 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 Mr. Fix it says that somebody, uh, I don't know who Steve Leto Leto is, but apparently he did a video on this this morning. Uh, many States counts as an abduction. Yes. Kidnapping. It's basically what I said, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, it's a rough one. Let's go to, this is our, uh, this would be a, we're back on track now with like, you know, good stories, if you will. <laughs> um, and, and to be clear, we, when we share so-called, you know, justified safe stories, we're not even necessarily saying or endorsing all the actions of these individuals involved and saying like, do this. Um, but, but highlighting an incident that occurred and pointing out where and why it's likely justified. And, and of course, still talking about lessons uh, that we can take away from that stuff. This is an incident that happened um, in, uh, in California, in uh, Liberty County. And the, t- the headline is man kills neighbor who followed him into home during argument over truck. Excuse me. This was Texas. Did I say California? Yeah. Well, that's why, because I saw San Luis Obispo. This is on a California uh, news site. That's what we get when various news organizations report stories from all over. A man kills neighbor who followed him into home during argument over truck, Texas cops say. Liberty County, Texas. So in this incident, we have, um, apparently there's three houses on a property. It says three houses on the property in South Liberty County, Texas. there's two individuals that live in one of these homes. And there's a third individual that lives in another one of these homes on this property. One, this, this man that apparently, you know, again, there's two that appear to be together. And then one that's a different party. He confronted one of these neighbors accusing that neighbor of damaging his truck. Um, and a second man that lived in that, on that property, gets involved and he runs into the house for whatever reason. The individual here that's accusing them of damaging his truck. His name is Jorgen Jorgensen, by the way, Um, Christopher Jorgensen. He follows them into the house. He goes in there. Apparently this man's a 54 year old man. He ran into his bedroom 
locked the door and had a 12 12 gauge shotgun with him. Jorgensen apparently then at that point starts trying to break the man's bedroom door down, but the effort stopped after a short while, it says, quoting from the article. When the man, the 54-year-old man behind the locked door in his bedroom with a shotgun, thought that Jorgensen had given up and left, he opened his bedroom door, but found Jorgensen still standing there at the door, and he then advanced, you know, Jorgensen advanced on the man, it says. This man fired two shots at him, but was unclear or it was unknown if he actually hit him with either of those two shots. Jorgensen ran outside into the yard. The shooter told law enforcement that he then went to the front door where he saw Jorgensen coming at him again. That's when he fired a third and fatal shot. An autopsy has been ordered, it says, and the sheriff's office says no charges we filed at this time, that this was a case of self-defense. I'd have to agree. Jorgensen has no right to go into that home. Jorgensen followed this man into his home. Jorgensen attempted to break down the man's door inside that home. Uh, This man, you know, and then advanced upon him while inside there. Uh, This man fired shots in self-defense. I think it's pretty clear as day. Yeah. uh, Jorgensen seemed like he didn't have control over his emotions. I'm just going to throw that out there. And I think that in any, we, we need to use that as a, as a lesson here, right? Like be in control of your emotions. He had, I mean, he didn't have to die, even though he made multiple mistakes along the way. Like even after he followed the guy in, 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 into his house, he could have been shot right there, but you know, based off of what he was doing, but he wasn't because the, the guy who defended himself showed some restraint. Um, and then he, you know, he even left and, and it was like, he just continued persist. And I think we got to, we have to have our, our emotions in check and and be able to control those things because when we're not, you know, uh, it's not a good thing. And unfortunately, this ended up. Uh, I mean, somebody died over damage to a truck. That's yeah. You know, it's 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 sad. It, it's it's pointless. It's it's and who knows if this guy Jorgensen had a family or kids or whatever. But um, certainly not the way you want to you want to have your day unfold. Yep. Yeah. Well, there you go. Uh, like I said, I think it's a pretty clear-cut case. Uh, Matthew, tell us about this one out of Norristown, Pennsylvania. Man was, uh, and this, by the way, is record, uh, re- reported on the Philadelphia Inquirer, inquirer.com. Man who was being robbed by two Norristown teens killed them in self-defense, prosecutors said. Yeah, so this is uh, this is another you know case where a couple teenagers are committing armed robberies. Um, they try to arm this one guy. Um, this is around eight p.m. He's walking to his car. So again, those those transition transitional spaces. He's leaving his home, walking to his vehicle. Um, two two seventeen year olds approach him. Um, it says a fight broke out, uh, after one of the two 17 year old males pulled a gun on the man during the scuffle, the man shot both teens. Um, and so he's, it says the man called police. He attempted to give medical aid to the teens. Uh, both were pronounced dead at the scene. Officers found an illegal ghost gun. Um, and, uh, yeah, so this is one of those things where, you know, like I think, we always talk about, Hey, consider, 
uh, you're, you, you, you know, if somebody has a drawn gun on you, even if you have a gun on you, you know, your own firearm, consider the times and the opportunities to be able to draw that because it, you know, somebody who has a gun on you, it, it's much quicker, easier to and quicker to pull the trigger than go through your draw process, even with a sub second draw or whatever. Right. But, um, he, you know, so sometimes we talk about, you know, compliance sometimes is a tactic and, and can you be used. And sometimes it is certainly, uh, is not the right way to go. And in this case, you know, he ended up fighting two guys, one of which had a firearm, um, and was able to overpower them. And I couldn't really tell if he, um, if he, sh he got the gun from them, um, and used it against them, or if he had his own, um, oh, I'm sorry. He did. Uh, he, he had a gun that he, it says he was licensed to carry. This is, I was mm -hmm. trying to, was com, com, uh, you know, crossing over two stories. He was actually carrying a firearm. So he didn't just, you know, wrestle the gun out of their hand, uh, and, and use it against him. He had his own firearm, but he had to take care of that initial threat, right? The guy with the gun, he had to handle that threat. Uh, that firearm first. And, and uh, so we don't know the particulars of how this happened and, and everything, but um, it's one of those things where w when it's go time, you know, what are the options? What are, what are the, it's, you, you know, are you going to get shot or, you know, so he made the, he made the call and, you know, unfortunately these two kids died, but um, you know, it's, you, you live by the sword, you die by the swords type thing, right? Like these yeah. guys are up there committing violence with, you know, armed, uh, robberies and things like that. And these kinds of things happen when that, when, when you play those games. Yeah. Agreed. Yep. I think you covered that very well. Um, we're seeing this as being more and more a thing. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything here that's new. I just think it's more of maybe the prevalence of how often, uh, especially as we encounter these types of stories, justified safe stories, uh, it seems more common than it used to be that the the criminal actors are under the age of 18, are not adults. Um, I was actually just reading an article last night, local here to Denver, the Denver, Colorado area, uh, that was talking about, you know, this, this, teen teen teenage crime and uh how it seems that you're you know more and more there's uh teens that are being caught with guns and sort of like was asking the question it was not a bad article at all i didn't i thought um just pure analysis of you know where are these teens getting these guns how are they getting their guns uh it actually went into a little bit about how they're using social media to uh communicate with each other and 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 share sometimes the, the guns are are just being shared like, Hey man, like I need to borrow your gun, you know, and, uh, borrowing it temporarily to go, you know, shoot people or use them in the commission of a crime. And then they'll like give them back. And, you know, like there's, they're basically like gun handlers, if you will, that are sort of facilitating that, um, kind of interesting stuff. Uh, I mean, not good stuff, but you know, just an insight into the, sometimes fairly organized and sometimes just loosely used, uh, ways that uh, criminal teenagers are uh, conducting themselves in this regard. So <clears throat> I have to remind myself of that, you know, uh, you know, sometimes you see uh, young teens, 
you know, in the neighborhood or in the area. And it's like, you know, there's, there's a tendency, this, this bias that I think exists of, well, that's just a kid, you know, but mm-hmm. you still have to watch those kids closely too. Um, they can be every bit as dangerous as a full grown man. And you just don't realize it. Yeah. As unfortunate as that is. KIRO7.com out of San San Antonio, Texas reports woman home with three children shoots and kills intruder. This story goes that uh, this this woman was home with her three children. Uh, She heard someone trying to break into her home through a laundry room at the back of the house. She grabbed her gun and fired, hitting the man twice in the chest as he tried to break into the main portion of the home. Uh, this man was not identified, but he died on his way to the hospital. And it says specifically in this article that this woman is not facing charges because of Texas castle doctrine, which allows the use of force against someone forcefully and unlawfully entering a home place of business or vehicle. It's really important. You understand your specific state statutes with respect to the use of deadly force. Um, and based on specific circumstances such as taking place inside a a dwelling or inside a home taking place around that home on your property in and around your vehicle and so on and so forth Um, most states are more or less aligned in regards texas is a little bit a little bit more loose i would say that's the only way i can think to describe right now with respect to uh, um, use of deadly force in, in such in similar in these types of situations, and so it's really important to understand your law and stay within the bounds of that law. Um, this is a clear cut case of self defense. I give this woman all the kudos, and props, and, and uh, I guess congratulations. Against uh, always feels a little bit weird to say that, like congrats, you know, but congrats to you for refusing to be a victim and for standing up for you and the lives of your three children. I'm proud of you. So well done. Yeah. And, you know, I think when you say con- congratulations or, or whatever, you know, or good job, it, it you know, yeah, people are going to jump and say, oh, you know, you're happy that people are getting. No, but like good job in the way you handled this situation. Right. Like she didn't crank off warning shots. She didn't shoot, you know, 17 rounds through her walls and hit all her neighbors. Like like good job in being prepared, being trained enough to handle the firearm and to, to recognize somebody's trying to break in and, and not just to, you know, cut, you know, fall down in the fetal position, but to protect your family and good job and, and using, you know, appropriate force and, and, and those things. It's like, those are the things that are commendable, right? Like in, in those situations, she did a great job and, and made those right calls. And that's all we're trying to, trying to do by looking at these stories is get more, I guess in your playbook or more in your, your Rolodex in your main, in your brain that, that says, you know, how can I respond to a host of different way, you know, problems and what are some things that I want to avoid pitfalls that people get sucked into by, you know, maybe going outside and confronting people. Maybe I can avoid those things. And that's, that's really, you know, why I like these episodes is because, we're not trying to Monday morning quarterback or, or, you know, Hey, I could have done this or, you know, this person's an idiot. Like, no, that's not the point. The point is, is how can we learn from these? And, and, and so we can, we can perform better. And, we, and I think that 
that's the that's the benefit of doing this um, the way we do it. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man. Well, folks, that brings us uh, to to a a conclusion of these justified save stories that uh, we had for you here today. I hope that you got something from this, and and what that something is, I hope, is at the very least that it provides some some food for thought that you can kind of see how dangerous situations played out in the lives of others and how they made this you know certain decisions both good and bad and how that may inform your own decision making in your own preparation in your own training in your own mindset all of that this is sort of like i think it was john korea actually saw on social media recently referring to it kind of in this manner as sort of like a you know as far as like some people will refer to this as uh, like war gaming, you know, like where you're kind of, you know, uh, imagining certain scenarios and like what you do and how you'd respond and so on and so forth. And yeah, I think you kind of referred to it as sort of like a, a mental dry fire of sorts with respect to uh, uh, deadly force encounters. And I was like, yeah, that's kind of, I mean, that's basically what it is. So Anyway, we hope you found value in the information and in these stories we've shared here today. Before we let you go, uh, we do need to announce our weekly podcast giveaway winner. This week, we're giving away a ready-up gear, uh, two-pack of 16 340 rechargeable batteries. These are great little, in fact, I've, at least, I, oh, here it is. Yep. Uh, looks just like this for those of you that are on uh, uh, Facebook or YouTube with us here today. Um, this is the Ready Up Gear 16340 battery. It's a two pack that uh, this lucky person will win. Um, they have a built in micro USB ch- recharging port or charging port, uh, which is super convenient because you don't have to have a, an actual charger for these. You just need a basic micro USB cable, which most of us have somewhere in our homes, and in uh, a little, you know, thing you plug into the wall for that plug it into that port bam charge up your battery so these are awesome uh i think the two pack retails for 20 bucks ish um nice nice little gift here for our lucky podcast giveaway winner who is our winner of these ready up gear 16340 batteries the winner is richard last name starts with an r richard r Awesome. Congratulations, Richard. I should have mentioned that, you know, in case you don't know what a 16340 battery is for, uh, they do a really great job of replacing your more common, well, here's an analog for that, uh, CR123A batteries. So here's a Surefire CR123A, and you'll see with the 16340, you know, they're basically the same size. There you go. So these little guys tend to be kind of spendy for, you know, in terms of batteries, as far as batteries go and buy a couple of these and get hundreds of recharge, recharged uses out of them and save yourself some money. Congratulations, Richard, for getting a two pack. It'll come in a little package like this here. Uh, also next week, we're giving away a SWAT T tourniquet to one lucky winner. Hope that you will consider signing up for our weekly giveaway at concealedcarry.com forward slash podcast prize. That is something you need to do every week. If you want to participate in and have a chance each week to win a weekly prize. And one final shout out to our sponsors of today's episode, which were CCW safe 
at ccwsafe.com. Don't forget to use the discount code mentioned in the beginning of the episode. And also the 2022 Guardian Conference in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. Three days world-class training for like-minded folk like you and me and Matthew and many of you listening to this podcast. Hope to see you there. We're going to have a great time. Last year was a, was a blast. Uh, I know that travel is kind of maybe getting a little bit more difficult, a little bit more expensive. Fuel prices are up. Uh, I do want to say we still have, I mean, we have a block of rooms where we have a conference uh, discount, if you will, uh, available to conference attendees for hotels that are like 15 minutes away from the range. That's where our whole team is staying. Very, very reasonably priced. You can also stay on site. You can, you can, you can stay in a tent. You can bring an RV or whatever. You can stay right there on site. Uh, if you're looking for ways to save some money, save some dough. Um, but we hope to see you there. I promise you it, it, it'll be well worth it and well worth your time. And again, we thank uh, EDC Belt Company, um, edcbeltco.com. And to sign up for the conference or to learn more about it, go to guardianconference.com. So with that, we're going to let you guys go. Thanks for being here with us for another episode of the Concealed Carry Podcast. We'll be back, I think, episode 10 of season six. Uh, this was episode nine. I think it's unfortunately going to get recorded tomorrow because um, I realized I have a conflict here in a little bit. So um, we'll look forward to probably seeing you guys back here tomorrow, those of you who'd like to join us live. Uh, until next time, a reminder to train right, train often, and train safe so you can fight hard, fight fast, and fight true. Take care. A reminder that laws vary from place to place, and we encourage listeners to seek local legal advice to understand applicable laws. The Concealed Carry Podcast, Concealed Carry Inc., ConcealedCarry.com, and their affiliates strive to share insights and stories about firearm-related incidents and laws, but things could be different where you live, or laws may have changed by the time you listen to this. We cannot be held liable for your actions based on the information shared in this podcast.